0: I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details.
1: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring
2: Hi everybody! I don't like saying that at the beginning of every episode. I say it just like that every time. Hi everybody!
3: Yeah, I know what you mean.
2: Hello everybody! I was Uh, like hi hi,
3: in like every episode. Yeah, singing it.
2: Yeah. See, now we're recording, and we've heard a couple episodes.
3: Yeah. Now we've
2: on the air, and now we we hear
3: what you hear.
2: Yeah. Now, oof. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. And welcome to the show. Hi! Welcome back. How about that? Hey, welcome hey, back, welcome everybody. Back.
3: Yeah, totally. I like that.
2: Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Ridiculous Romance. Hi, I'm Eli. I'm Diana, and we've got quite a story today. It's I mean, great. I guess we could we will we, we'll say that every time, but we're not going to pick it if it's not a good story.
3: Very true. We get bored really easily, so if we don't like it, you're not going to hear it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to come in and be like. Ooh, we got a real stinker today, guys. Ugh,
3: this one's boring as hell. This one put on before a nap.
2: Now, we do throw those in the in the digital trash can. So, good story today. As always, mm-hmm. we're talking about Mary Edwards and Lord Anne Hamilton. It's
3: basically a story about the evils of money. We got bad investments, satirical artwork, for-profit prisons, duels, so much more about the evils of the the dollar or the pound, I guess I should say
2: here comes the music and let's dive in.
3: Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or no romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story with a second glance, we'll put it in a show, Ridiculous Romance.
2: A production of iHeartRadio. So why don't you tell us all about this lady, Mary Edwards, that we're talking about today.
3: Mary Edwards. Pretty cool lady. Um, she was the richest woman in England in the 1700s.
2: Wow. 1700s England, that's saying something. Yeah. Right? She had a
3: lot of money, right? I mean, well, a lot of the nobles did anyway.
2: Yeah, and I'm thinking 1700s England, There's a there's a whole literal new world out there people are making money off of. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. she had stacked paper, or did they have paper money then? Yeah, they had those like certificates, yeah, right? Yeah, they
3: had, they had certificates. Yeah, yeah. A roll of soft, they called it. Wow. Because they had a lot of coins, but if you had paper, it's called a soft. Why didn't soft. I
2: know that back when I was making cash for money? I mean, I haven't seen cash in years, but I definitely would have <laughs> called it, like, I know. Right? hey, you gotta get some of that soft.
3: <laughs> so cool. Oh, I got full of my,
2: I, my wallets just stacked with soft.
3: I pulled out this roll of soft to buy some drugs with.
2: <laughs> yeah. Some hard drugs with a stack You're of soft.
3: soft. <laughs> Yeah, we should bring that back, but I guess it doesn't mean There's anything. no, There's yeah, no, now it's not, not like, people I guess money.
2: software, you've got like digital currency.
3: That's true, but you can't really roll it into anything.
2: You can, you can roll it into my account if you like. <laughs> I'll send you the address for my digital wallet. I don't have a digital wallet.
3: Well, in Mary's digital wallet, <laughs> just kidding, she also did not have one of those. She
2: didn't, she wasn't into crypto?
3: Or a wallet at all, I think. Uh, women had reticules. Anyway. uh, We're
2: learning already. (laughs) We're not even in the story yet, and we're learning.
3: (laughs) Richest woman
2: in England.
3: That's right. She inherited an enormous fortune from her father, Francis Edwards of Wellham, in 1728, when she was only 24 years old.
2: I don't want to break off too often but francis edwards of welham sounds like he made his money just off being named francis edwards of welham that's mm-hmm. a very wealthy sounding of name.
3: leicestershire by the way of, of Lester- francis leicestershire.
2: edwards of welham of leicestershire. Leicestershire. of
3: leicestershire of welham leicestershire, leicestershire. leicestershire is it spelled um,
2: leicestershire
3: yeah it's like it's leicestershire leicestershire sure leicester i think it's leicester Leicestershire. why, why use lot
2: syllables it. when <laughs> few syllables do trick <laughs>
3: Her annual income was 50 to 60,000 pounds a year, which is something close to $4 million a year today. He made $4 million a year. That's off of, a lot of money.
2: Off of inheritance.
3: Yeah, he owned uh, land and stocks. So yeah. it was like all the income from those properties and from his investments mm-hmm. equaled about $4 million a year. Not bad. And he died without a will, um, so that meant that his estate would have passed to his wife, but she renounced her claim and let it pass on to Mary instead. Which I was like, that was nice of her. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, she was a wealthy Dutch woman. Uh, like when then she married Francis, so maybe she was kind of like, I'm good. I just want my daughter to have something. I'm not really sure how in- inheritance worked with women, so I'm not sure she could have passed on her own money to to Mary mm. or or however that worked. But or she was
2: just like. Four million a year eh, I'm good
3: so that's nice to to be an, an heiress, I think, to have a bunch of money, but it does make you vulnerable to fortune hunting suitors, mm-hmm. just dudes that are looking out for that cash money and um, that's a really big problem in the 1700s because women had zero legal protections once they were married, and so their husband had all control over any money or property that they brought to the marriage women. Had nothing?
2: Had had zero control over their own personal property?
3: It's weird, right?
2: That's unheard of today. (laughs) We wouldn't allow such a thing.
3: Yes, things are much better now. Oh,
2: man. I mean, probably a little better. But
3: I think it wasn't until the 50s or 60s or something that women could open their own checking account in America. So it took a long time for this to change. All I
2: can say is if you couldn't open your own checking account, we'd be in big trouble. Yeah.
3: Well, in 1731, she did fall in love with Lord Anne Hamilton. Mm -hmm.
2: Lord Anne. Lord Anne. Her?
3: (laughs) Egg? Egg? Plant? (laughs) Plant? Lord Plant Hamilton. Um, He was named for his godmother, Queen Anne. Okay. So I guess they thought that was a good idea for some reason. It's not.
2: I mean, like, like, get over it with the names and like, Mm -hmm. uh, oh, this one's for a girl. This one's for, like, whatever. You got a name. It's a cool name. Take a name.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, But I can't imagine that somebody didn't pick on him in the schoolyard.
3: Somebody said something about his name. But, you know, then again,
2: you could be like, well, oh, I'm sorry. I'm named after my godmother, the queen. Right. It's not a bad poll if somebody tries to give you shit for your name.
3: That's true. You could just be like, oh, you think the queen has a shit name? You talking shit about the queen? I'll and tell the queen. And they'll be like, oh, just kidding.
2: <laughs> godmother is like godmother's mm-hmm. kind of a choice. Mm-hmm. I'm not even just your mother, but I chose to be your godmother. That's I agreed true. to be your godmother. That means I fucking care.
3: Right. Yeah. To
2: some degree. I don't know, maybe Queen Anne was just godmother to like 600 kids. It's possible.
3: There, that's a weird thing about no, nobles in that time. It's mm-hmm. just, I was like, I guess you, I like you, so anyway, here's a title, and it's now like being, I care about your family. I don't know. It's
2: like being an executive producer.
3: Yeah. yeah you just stamp
2: in your name on it. Like, yeah, sure. I, Brad Pitt loves this movie. Whatever. Sure, whatever. I never see it.
3: What's that mammoth quote where he's like, an associate producer is a credit you give your secretary instead of a raise. <laughs>
2: Damn, yeah, yeah.
3: So uh, maybe that's the case here. Uh, Lord Anne, anyway, was a Scottish noble. He was born in London. He had a military career. He was five years younger than Mary. And um, circumstantial evidence exists that they did marry in 1731, even though no chapel record exists anymore, which we'll get into. The circumstantial evidence is that in July, she granted him some property. In August, her arms and crest were granted to him. He added Edwards to his name on a bank stock in September. And then she called herself Lady Hamilton Edwards.
2: So they sort of took each other's name and became Hamilton Edwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of a, a pseudo hyphenated equivalent. You know, because for him, this was a step up because now he's got the, the name of the richest woman in England. yeah, And the, the laws of the time making him pretty much... Now Lord Anne is the richest woman in England. So their marriage was reported in the Gentleman's Magazine, which was a monthly publication founded in 1731. And that magazine ran uninterrupted for 200 years. It went until 1922. And, fun fact, it was the first publication to use the term magazine for a periodical.
3: Yeah, the Gentleman's Magazine. Mm -hmm.
2: So they had a clandestine wedding, is what it was called. It sounds a little shady.
3: Yeah, it does sound shady. Um, at the time, I guess the prevailing tradition and the law was that you had to be married from the parish of your birth, either the grooms or the brides.
2: Somebody you just got to go to your hometown.
3: Basically, where born. yeah.
2: So you and I would have to go be married in Rochester, New York, where I lived for like three months after I was
3: born. <laughs> or, or Decatur, where I was born.
2: Sure. Either so way.
3: Much more convenient. <laughs> But I think a lot of people, I guess a lot of people um, didn't want to be bothered with that for various reasons. I mean, partly it could have been your family didn't approve of your marriage. Uh, You could live maybe in London in the city Very and traveling back to the parish of your birth would be inconvenient. Um, So it kind of sounds like it's pretty common to do. It sounds shady, but it was pretty common to do at the time. To not
2: go home to get married in your hometown.
3: To, yeah, to yes, have a clandestine, it clandestine
2: wedding,
3: wedding. It's like kind of sounds like going to the courthouse instead of having a church wedding. Right,
2: right. But instead of the courthouse so they got married at Fleet Prison.
3: Wow. Hearts and stars. Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: honey, my dear. Yes, dear. Dearest, where would you where would you like our wedding to be? At the gardens Ooh. or perhaps the the aquarium with <laughs> the 1700s aquarium. England <laughs> aquarium? <laughs>
3: Oh um, yes,
2: perhaps the, perhaps the
3: British Museum,
2: a rustic barn.
3: Oh, a barn! That's all the crack these days.
2: Oh yes, everybody loves a barn. It takes a real roller soft though. Oh. oh, here's an interesting advertisement.
3: Mm. Perhaps
2: we get married at the prison. <gasps>
3: I love it. Nothing is more clean or beautiful than a prison. Yes, of
2: course, lovely prisons these time this time of year. Just this <laughs> time of year. Prison in the fall. <laughs> so the prison it is then.
3: The prison it is. I like that. It's
2: all the rage. All
3: the crack. All the crack. <laughs>
2: Crackerjack. Crackers, fresh biscuits and crackers. Let's get married at the prison. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so I don't know. I got I got kind of interested in Fleet Prison for a second here. Yeah. If I can go off on a tangent, please do
2: uh, <laughs> a prison tangent. A prison Our new tangent. segment.
3: Prison, prison <laughs> tangent. Hey. Uh, fleet Prison in the 18th century mostly used to house debtors and bankrupts, which is kind of a sign of the future to me. Uh, if you were poor, you could go to jail. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, yes, that that old practice that isn't around anymore. <laughs>
3: It was a very notorious prison. It was a profit making enterprise. A prison? What? You had to pay rent for your room in the prison, for example. Like, you don't want to live there, but you have to pay for it anyway.
2: What if I can't? Am I getting. Uh oh, I got evicted from prison. Oh
3: no. (laughs) I'm sure they had
2: worse punishments than that.
3: (laughs) Definitely. I'm sure it was like added to your bill or something. It's
2: like out of school suspension. Okay, I guess I won't come to school for a couple of weeks. (laughs) Stay in school, kids. Yeah, stay in school. I mean, you know, whatever. School's crazy, but it's great for some.
3: I liked it, but I see the problems with it. I'm glad I went. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, But I'm not glad I went to prison.
3: (laughs) No, you had a terrible time in prison. Well,
2: jail, briefly. And they (laughs) threw it out. It was a ridiculous... Look, okay, if this makes it in the cut, <laughs> I just want everyone to know that I got pulled over for nothing because I was in a no. part of town where they like to just pull people over. Right. Because it wasn't the wealthy white part of town. Mm-hmm. And they just randomly pull people over there. And they said, oh, we've got a warrant for you because, a ele- I, which I didn't know what it was, they take me to jail. Midnight, December 26th, the day after Christmas, BTW, bring me to a DeKalb County jail. And uh, 12 hours later, they finally take me in and say, oh, it's because you missed a court date for a ticket for an expired registration on your car 11 years ago. Dumb. And I said, that's insane. And they said, yeah, you're right. That is insane. We're going to throw this out. And then another 12 hours later, I was allowed to leave.
3: Mm hmm. And we had to pay to get the car out of tow and stuff. So it was really just about making money. Court fee, yeah. And and it it
2: cost us probably about 400 bucks in total Mm -hmm. and a day of my life in jail.
3: So much like that, Fleet Prison is all about making that money Mm -hmm. off of people, probably for some dumb shit. But I know there were some real debts happening, too, so I don't know.
2: And just want to add, while I was in there, of course, talking to some of the other inmates who were absolutely stuck in the system, on rotation, weren't going to get out. Oh, I'm here for nothing. And I'm going to miss a jo- the first job interview I've had in six months. And-, and then I'm going to be back in here for stealing again in a couple of weeks. On and on it goes.
3: Yeah, we are we are interested in prison reform on this podcast. Ooh,
2: I got a lot to say. But we should turn them all into marriage venues. Like complete <laughs> prison. Tell us all about it. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, so they, uh, Fleet Prison, yes, it was for debtors, uh, people who owed money to somebody. And some people could live off-premises, and they had to come back during the day to like work their debt off, and they paid extra for that. So anyway, all that to say, corruption was rampant. Mm-hmm. There were constant fines imposed on the prisoners, like kind of like your court fees and stuff. Yep. There was bribery. There was extortion. Um, people would pay to become the warden so that they could— extort all of these uh, inmates
2: you're buying your way into a position that allows you to just make money off of prisoners
3: yeah i read um portions of this book from 1878 called old and new london volume two and they talk about thomas bainbridge now this is the warden who would have been in charge when lord anne and mary wed in secret there and he was notoriously shitty He leased the prison to make money off of the prisoners. They called him a low, greedy fellow. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's some things that he did that were awful. He forced a debtor into shackles and kept him in solitary confinement for nearly two months until he was paid five guineas, which is over 600 pounds today, or 52 days wages for a skilled tradesman at the time. 52 days of your work of your life to get out of shackles and when this prisoner heard that Bambridge was returning as warden he fainted and blood started out of his mouth and nose
2: just this guy's coming back oh my god I'm gonna start spraying blood everywhere that's how I feel about this
3: that's the trauma inflicted by this dude god Another guy was a wealthy merchant who fell on hard times. He paid his commitment fee, which I guess was like your rent, you know, for your cell or whatever. Uh But he was extorted to pay it again. He was charged an extravagant rent for his room. Uh, He said he would pay the legal amount because this guy knew something about the law, I guess. At which point they stole a bunch of his stuff, they made him sleep outside in the rain, and Bambridge attacked him twice with a sword, and then he put him in irons that were too small for his legs, kept him in those irons for three weeks until he was permanently lamed like his legs did not work anymore, and his sight was affected. And Bambridge told him he could do whatever he wanted with him. And the prisoner was like, the law in England is that no man should be tortured. Bambridge responded that he would do it first and answer for it afterwards.
2: You're telling me that a high-ranking official in, a, in the justice system said, I am the law, I can do whatever I want, and we'll see if I get in trouble for it.
3: I know it's hard to imagine here in this country. I I
2: just can't, uh, you know, I I can't see that working anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. people are always held accountable for their actions, especially if they're in a position where they themselves are the ones who are determining whether people are breaking the law or not.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Like a Judge Dredd.
2: Oh, Judge Dredd. If only they had a Judge Dredd back then, then they would have had bigger problems.
3: (laughs) Somehow. (laughs) Uh, he did get in trouble for messing with that guy, but he still got six guineas from him, which, as we mentioned before, is quite a lot of money. Um, there were several other prisoners who were tortured until they lost their vision, legs, and memory. They were kept for days without food. Eventually, he was found guilty of extortion. He was committed to Newgate Prison, and he died in 1741, um, hopefully in prison. Didn't say specifically, but that's what I hope, because it would be poetic. And in this... this. Uh, Old and New London book was kind of like, Isn't it so great that we don't have for profit prisons anymore? Because these are the kinds of abuses that can happen when you're trying to make money off of imprisoning people. And I was like, Ew. Oh,
2: that was in 1878. <laughs> yeah. They said, What a medieval idea.
3: Yeah. and the, So coming from America, we're sort of like, Hey, hey, hey. yeah, yeah. All
2: right. So uh, we're going to go pay our debts and. <laughs>
4: Hopefully
3: not from any for-profit prisons.
4: <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages. I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why and what it all means Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R I T E R U G.com today to schedule a free in home estimate or to find a location near you.
0: Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu
3: I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to
0: hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post
4: Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from the Washington Post. You can
2: listen
1: to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow.
2: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
4: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office.
3: All right. And we are back to talk more about Lord Anne and Mary Edwards. Uh, So anyway, Fleet Prison sounds like the last place in the world that I would want to get married personally. Yeah. But I did see this paper that said it was uh, it says it was a more comfortable and well-appointed location for celebrations than one may assume. Amenities included a coffee house, tap room, public kitchen and eating room, and even sports facilities. So I guess it was, I mean, you know, they they fancied it up for these weddings that were happening there, I guess. Just
2: don't mind the screams in the background.
3: (laughs) We'll take these shekels right out of the way, ma'am. Yeah.
2: So they've got the land and the structure and they're like, look. We're only getting six guineas a day out of some of these prisoners. So why don't we zhuzh it up a little? Mm -hmm. On the weekends, we'll have a wedding. I I mean, I really wouldn't put it past.
3: Oh, yeah. Trying to make money off of it anyway. Totally. They would totally do that. like, don't you want to get married at Alcatraz? (laughs)
2: I wonder if people do.
3: You know, they might. I I was just thinking, I guess that's not a working prison anymore. So you might could get married at Alcatraz. I kind
2: of wonder if I might have at a younger age thought, that's a cool idea. Because mm-hmm. I'd be like, The Rock. Right. You know, Alcatraz. <laughs> it's Nickel cool. It's cake. always like movies and stuff about cool stuff that happens at Alcatraz. And now looking back, I'd be like, wow, I was really worshiping this
3: Yay. horrible prison. Right. Horrible things happened. Yeah, I just I find Fleet Prison to be an ill-fated place for a rich woman to marry a spendthrift guy, mm, <laughs> like yeah. uh, surrounded by people who can't handle money.
2: Yeah,
3: uh, headed up by a guy who is super fucked up about money and extorting people and stuff. It just seemed like an ill-fated <laughs> star to <laughs> get married under. Yeah, uh,
2: not not a great uh, not a great omen for for your <laughs> for your marriage. I think I don't think so. Let's start this off on the right foot. <laughs> In debtor's prison? Uh, yay! Let's start our marriage in debtor's prison.
3: <laughs> I could I could bail everyone out in here and not even oh notice my God. it. But instead I will marry this dumb this dumbass. To the sounds
2: of their tortured screams. <laughs> <laughs> do you, Lord Anne, take Mary Edwards to be your bride?
3: Of course I do, she's rich. <laughs> uh, uh, I said, of course I do, she's rich.
2: And d- <laughs> Andy, please, please keep it down. Uh, please keep it down back there. Can we save the Iron Maiden until after the ceremony? Sorry about that. Thank you. I knew we should have gone with the aquarium. <laughs> so they did have a child together. His name was Gerard Anne Edwards. They love this Anne name. I guess he got a queen your yeah. name and it's, it's a big deal. So Lord Anne turned out. To be a absolutely terrible husband, just a disaster, profligate, unreliable. He has been described as an avaricious spendthrift, which is Ouch. one of the rudest things you can say
1: <laughs> Very in <rude>.
2: historical <laughs> England, I think. So she felt like he was going to spend up all her money and leave her son Gerard with nothing. He's out there just tossing soft around left and right. Oh yeah. A little for you, a little for you. We're assuming probably gambling, mm-hmm. losing a lot of the games. I picture him coming in like pretty woman. He's got like 18 <laughs> shopping bags in his arms, a couple of servants behind him. They've all got racks of clothes. He's just taking this $4 million a year and chipping away at it like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. So she takes advantage of this secrecy in which they were married, right? They did this clandestine wedding, and she's like, okay, this this works for me. She basically scrubbed all evidence of their marriage from the historical record. Remember how we said there were no records from the chapel? Because she went in and bribed fleet prison officials to remove their names from the marriage register, and she even had Gerard, her son, baptized in March of 33 as the son of a single mother, basically making him illegitimate in the eyes of society, but effectively removing lord anne as the father and taking him legally out of the picture she's erasing his identity from her life like pretty much under his <laughs> Holy, nose yeah while he's out there spending cash she's like okay yeah yeah go why don't you go to the store i've got some <laughs> things i got to take care of today myself
3: <laughs> yeah she never uh never said it wasn't his son like she never denied his paternity but mm-hmm. she did deny that they ever uh, married right. officially so right. that ba- basically so she could get her money back because mm-hmm. uh, if they were officially married He would have it all, even if she left him. Yep. So, yeah.
2: Got to make sure you keep a copy of all those records. Mm -hmm. But uh, Lord Anne was not quite so bright. So, she was a big art lover... And she commissioned some pretty amazing portraits and paintings from this artist.
3: Yeah, a lot of a lot of this information comes from art galleries and collections and stuff because her portraits are well-known works of his. And so they kind of explain who she is and the descriptions and like why she was such a patron of his. In one, they describe her as a thoroughly level-headed, self-protective heiress.
2: She knew what she was doing.
3: I know. I, don't, I got no problem with that. Yeah. Um, And so she had strong views on religion, education, and society. She often commissioned paintings full of significant details about the things she cared about. So, for example, in 1742, she commissioned a painting called Taste in High Life that lampooned extravagant fashion and overspending. And it's just these like cartoonishly stupid looking people like dressed in these insane dresses, you know, and they're just like surrounded by dumb stuff and they just look like idiots. And it's really funny. (laughs) She just had she's petty. I like it. Um, But before that, she commissioned Hogarth to paint a painting called Edward's Hamilton Family on a Terrace, oil on canvas, painted in 1734. Um, Elizabeth Einberg with the Paul Mellon Center in the UK provides a lot of this criticism. As you cannot see here in the Hamilton family portrait, Mary, Anne, Gerard, and their family dog are all depicted sitting on a terrace.
2: I kind of wonder what that commission was like because this is a pretty biting painting. So (laughs) I imagine Lady Mary really uh really telling him how she needs it to be
3: listen william this is how i want it to look we're all sitting on the terrace Gerard is at a fountain of wisdom And I want him washing a toy soldier Of
2: course You would want to honour your son And his reverence for the British military
3: No, he's washing away All ideas of following in his father's military career Oh I want him to be expunged from Gerard's memory
2: Okay, uh, so expunging the father
3: And then I'd like to be painted surrounded by books
2: Of course What woman doesn't love to read books while her No,
3: no, no, no These are all going to be showing the type of education I'll be giving Gerard once I'm in charge around here. Oh, okay. And then Anne, I want him to be portrayed. I'm
2: sorry, I just need to clarify one more time. Anne is your husband?
3: That's right. Her? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Plant. <laughs> egg. Egg? I want Egg portrayed by the staircase, turned away from us, about to walk out of our lives forever. Oh,
2: because he's leaving to go off in some noble quest to save his his family's name.
3: No, I'm kicking him to the curb.
2: Oh, okay, okay, all right. I
3: don't want no scrubs.
2: <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can do this. And then I have the, a loyal dog, I imagine, sitting in his lap showing that uh, despite these troubles the family always stays together
3: no have him growling at him and hurrying him on his way I want him baring his teeth really hostile
2: okay uh you know it's it's nice to be challenged that is a that is uh, that is accurate that is a description of what this painting looks like mm-hmm, a lot of fun. that that criticism comes from Elizabeth einberg with the Paul Mellon Center in the UK describing those elements of the painting but that's really how it looks
3: mm-hmm And it's pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, I guess once you know, it's pretty funny. She comes
2: in. She says, I'm going to I'm going to destroy you and your reputation for all time. I'm going to get a painting made that is going to be in museums forever. This is what you get for touching and fucking with my money.
3: That's right. Her shade has lasted more than 300 years and we're still talking about it. (laughs) I think that's pretty dope. (laughs) And then uh, that was painted in 1734, and a deed dated in 1734 indicates a final separation was established.
2: I hope she showed him that painting right. as she delivered the, <laughs> the news. <laughs> By the way, mm-hmm. you're you done. This is you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Note the dog.
3: This is you leaving.
2: Uh, well, look, our dog's growling at us. He's got to go out, so we better take a commercial break. Yeah, let's do that. We'll be right back.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: All right, we are back uh, to and Mary and Lord Anne have just split up for good this time, or I guess for the only time. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: Mary. Mary didn't fuck around. She's a one and done.
3: She also never married again because I guess she was like, "Fool me once." Shame on me. Fool me twice. You can't fool me again. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't having
2: it. At that point, she was like, I know what men want. Mm
3: -hmm. And
2: it's my stacks of fat stacks of soft. That's right. Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) Uh, She passed all her fat stacks of soft um, onto her son, Gerard. Seems
2: like she really liked this kid. Yeah. Well, he was her
3: only kid. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think society pretty restricted for women. Yeah. In this time, but when you had a lot of money, you could kind of do whatever you wanted, it mm. seems, and make yourself pretty comfortable. So yeah. I think she was just kind of like, you know what? I don't really want any husband. Yeah. Even if I like him a lot or whatever, I don't think I want any husband to have— control of all my money. And, you know, she probably felt pretty powerless during that time, I would think. Yeah. And being like, I guess my only recourse is to completely act like this never happened. And that's kind of crazy. I mean, that's a pretty crazy thing to do. Right? So, um, yeah, I think she just, she was just like, and i am hold on to this bag forever. Yep. <laughs> and my son's going to get it and none of y'all going to get it. So... Gerard got it. He got the bag. He married Lady Jane Knoll, who was the daughter of Baptist Knoll, the fourth Earl of Gainsborough, in 1754. Uh, Gerard was known as Handsome Edwards, which is a pretty sweet nickname.
2: That's pretty good, unless it's like a boxer. It's oh, like, right. Oh, he's Handsome Edwards, but he's like completely gorgeous busted. George. Yeah, gorgeous George. Uh, here comes old Handsome Edwards. And he's got
3: like a cauliflower ear,
2: a oh, whole cauliflower face. <laughs> But uh, he probably wasn't a boxer because he didn't need the he didn't need to do that for money.
3: Although I actually in that society it was pretty um, pretty de rigueur for men to box right? okay. as amateurs. Yeah, it was like a good exercise, made you look hot. I guess like a sporting guy.
2: But not the face. I'm handsome, Edwards.
3: No, no. Punch me in the stomach. Nothing yeah. can go wrong there.
2: No one's ever been hurt from being punched in the stomach. <laughs> if it kills me, I'll die handsome.
3: The most important thing of all. <laughs> also, maybe he gave it himself that nickname, which wouldn't be as cool. Like if you started running around being like, I'm Handsome Banks. <laughs> I feel like people would be like, um, <laughs> what's wrong it with It wouldn't Eli? stick.
2: <laughs> I don't think it would. I don't think they'd be talking about it 300 years later. <laughs> maybe I not. I don't think it would have made it into the books.
3: <laughs> maybe
2: not. It's weird that he was able to marry nobility though, right? Because she had him declared as an illegitimate son.
3: Right. Which, I, yeah, I think in that time, you know, that basically meant you had no place in society. Like right. You were fully like not.
2: And I think she sort of nobility. knew that risk when she was doing it, but she it was that important.
3: Yeah. She preferred the social censure and, and whatever, else, you know, any of that fallout mm-hmm. to having a husband that would spend all her money and leave her and her right. kid destitute. Which right. Totally get. Yeah. Oh, totally absolutely. get that.
2: But it worked out because.
3: Yeah, I, I looked up because I was like, I thought you couldn't. You know, I thought that would be really weird for an earl's daughter. I mean, you could get married, of course, but I thought it'd be weird for an earl's daughter to be permitted to marry someone if who is known to be born out of wedlock. Right.
2: I mean, if our Downton Abbey knowledge has taught Ugh, us anything, I'm it's not. that who marries who is what a would Lord very
3: Grantham say?
2: complicated affair. <laughs> right? <laughs> Imagine Lady Mary marrying some commoner or, mm. or Lady Sybil marrying some the chauffeur. Chauffeur
3: the chauffeur
2: i won't have it well i guess i'll have it but fine anyway uh
3: but i did look it up and they said basically the the internet was basically like look if you had enough money nobody cared <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no and, and people kind of looked over that and, and he was...
2: had the most money do you know at this point what the size of the fortune was like like what kind of dent did and put into it
3: I didn't find anything about that. Yeah. And I guess because it's a yearly income, it probably depends on, like, if, you know, they had to get rid of some land or some tenants or they had to sell some stocks or something. Yeah. But I think, I mean, it was only a couple years they were together before she was like, and you're gone. You're dead to me. Yeah. So I don't think he, I don't know. Can you spend $4 million in a year? I could. Do you think he spent his entire yearly income? You know what?
2: Challenge accepted. (laughs) Somebody give me $40 bucks a year, and I'll show you how fast I can spend it. Great. Because it seems like no matter how much money I'm making, and it's been vastly different over the many years of my life, Mm -hmm. always kind of feels like the same amount. It always comes back to zero. You always
3: build your lifestyle to meet whatever income you got. I guess. I
2: think I just eat more.
3: (laughs) We'd go on cooler trips. I mean, I guess that's my question. Is, Is he spending money only on himself Anne? like d- and yeah. yeah was he like buying her shit and she was like i don't want this dumb shit what are you doing or was he just like straight up coming home like i lost a million dollars in the pharaoh table last night and who cares because uh, we're rich as hell
2: so speculation station mm-hmm. where is he going on a daily shopping trip Right. What's that look like? Lord Anne gets up. He hops in a carriage. First of all, it's like an Uber carriage. He's paying for that. He's not driving himself. True. Uh, he goes into town. What's his first stop? First of all, like a nine dollar cup of coffee, I'm sure. <laughs> and he's hitting up Lord Anne Taylor.
3: Lord Anne Taylor. Lord Anne oh Taylor. <laughs> he's going to Lord Anne Taylor to get him some some dresses. Well, at the time, men did dress pretty fancy. Sure. I don't know if he was a dandy t- type guy who really cared about his clothes, but I clothes like would have been expensive.
2: I feel like he was. He
3: pro- probably wanted to look pretty good. If he liked
2: to spend money that much, he liked to show it off.
3: I think so. Yeah. So he, he would have bought jewels. He would have bought clothes. He you would don't, have bought carriages and horses. He you would don't have...
2: marry the richest woman in England pretty much specifically for her money and then not let everyone know that you got the money. Very true. And then live a, a you know, a... A rustic lifestyle.
3: That's true. That is true. <laughs> well, so, yeah, he might have bought, he might have also, like, had dogs because there was a lot of dog, you know, fighting type gambling going on. So some guys liked hounds, also hounds for hunting. So. Sure.
2: I definitely, with $4 million a year, I'm going to buy a lot of dogs. Not I, for fighting. Well, not for I'm fighting. I'm going to buy a big old piece of hand and have Aww. between 16 and 30
3: dogs. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, and prob- higher
2: think- hands to help.
3: Oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: I'm not going to leave them all right alone all the time. But.
3: So a lot of their money, speaking of, probably spent on servants to like take care sure. of their various properties yeah. and to take care of all his horses and hounds. And I'm totally guessing his horses and hounds and his carriages. So they would have had a lot of people. Yeah. To pay for.
2: You got to spend money to spend money.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> And then, of course, gambling was a huge pastime. So, yeah, yeah probably paying, playing a lot of cards and mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. to horse races. And it's,
2: somewhere in there, once a week, he comes back with a with a really gaudy, ugly necklace. And mm-hmm. Is like, "Here, wife. I love I've, you. I bought you this because <laughs> uh, because I because I wanted to get you something.
3: <laughs> I wanted you to get off my dick about how much I'm spending.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> uh, if the accounts are low, it's because I bought you this. Just right. to keep to keep that in
3: mind. But if she's, like, commissioning paintings about overspending, uh-huh. I feel like she was maybe, like, not that interested in stuff.
2: No, definitely so not, So she was yeah. like,
3: what the fuck is this? Like, I don't want this jujah. Like, get this out of here. She
2: lived comfortably, I'm sure, mm-hmm. but wasn't like, I mean, you probably could tell from looking at her that she had a shit ton of money.
3: Oh, She dressed like, very well.
2: But it wasn't like, I'm just going to gold plate everything I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, a gold plate the toilet just for everyone who takes a poop in my house <laughs> knows that I don't. I that I have more money than I know
3: what to do with. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like some people we could name, but won't. Uh, she. I mean, I guess she commissioned a lot of paintings, so maybe she was a patron of the arts, and she probably yeah. she was super into education, so maybe she gave money to like colleges or whatever. Sure. But it seems like she does not didn't really seem to care about buying a lot of stuff.
2: Yeah, for the sake of spending. I mean, you know, it's yeah, like, just
3: to spend. Yeah. It's like you
2: and me, because mm-hmm. I I have a psychological need to spend money or I get depressed. And you're like, well, but savings. And I'm like, what's that?
3: I know. I'm like, let's find out what a CD is.
1: <laughs> and I'm like,
2: I'm having a really rough weekend. i I'm just gonna walk around Target. And to be fair, I don't buy anything at Target, but it's. I don't don't know. Somehow I come back with less money than I had when I...
3: That's how Target do. But it wasn't even Target.
2: I bought it somewhere else. I went to the fucking pet store or something and just bought something for no reason.
3: You bought it for the dog. Yeah,
2: but uh, the dog's got I hope, unless you buy
3: yourself a chew toy or something.
2: (laughs) That would help my anxiety.
3: (laughs) I just walk in and you're like...
2: Hey, you stuff it with peanut butter and I'm not above it. At any rate...
3: So Mary died in 1743. She was buried simply next to her father. So again, not an extravagant person. She didn't want like a big tomb or some weird monuments or anything. She just very simple burial. Uh, Lord Anne, however, did marry again in 1742 and there was no no one said there was any bigamy involved so as the oxford dictionary of national biography says that is evidence that they were never officially married mm-hmm. um so i guess even even if they had kept that information on the register maybe it wouldn't have counted or something I think it just
2: means she did a really good job scrubbing that's it.
3: what i think that's what i think yeah he married another heiress named anna powell no kidding yeah he
2: must have really loved her Oh, yeah, surely. <laughs> to, have, to have gone through that again and marry another heiress. <sighs> you know, I know how troublesome it is to marry a woman with money, but I just love you so much. Oh, Couldn't Anne. possibly stay away.
3: Yes. Oh, plant. <laughs> what a compliment. They had two sons together. Yeah, and I, I was just like, why is he marrying all these heiresses? Like, is he just a piece of shit or was he like broke as a joke? Uh, Turns out he was, yes, broke as a joke. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Because his father... Who was Lieutenant General James Hamilton, the fourth Duke of Hamilton? Apparently, invested heavily in the failed Darien scheme, which was a plan to gain wealth and influence by establishing a colony in New Caledonia in Panama, and it cost many Scottish nobles their entire fortunes. Oh,
2: damn, that sucks!
3: So that was a bad investment. New Ca- New Caledonia sounds like like the libertarian floating island or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're all going to go to New Caledonia, a oh, paradise yeah. in Panama.
2: Nutra-boom.
3: Boom. <laughs> Boom-boom. <laughs> uh, he died in a, a duel, a, like a very infamous duel in Hyde Park. His in, father? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yes, the father, the fourth duke, died in 1712 um, in a duel with Charles Mohan, who was the fourth Baron Mohan, over a disputed inheritance. So again, just money, just money. Money getting
2: in the way, causing problems.
3: Causing issues. For, for
2: To be fair, for people who... Lost it and need it. That's true. I but, mean,
3: that's the thing about fortune hunters. Like when, I don't know, I'm sort of like, it's not like men could have an occupation if they were noble. They were just supposed to have land and property that like supported them. Right. And of course, oftentimes you would just dip into that money and never put any money into the estate. And so mm-hmm. it would get played out and you wouldn't have any money. And then people would be like, oh, what a piece of shit for like looking for hanging out for a rich wife or something. And I'm like, well, what else are they supposed to do? Because, yeah. you know, if you have no money to turn the estate around so it makes an income, I don't know. I don't know how you're supposed to make any money. So I don't know. I just thought it was kind of just a weird society.
2: You, you, you grab your bootstraps. <laughs> you pull them
3: up till spats. <laughs> Where are spats? Are they high up?
2: Speculation station. What are spats? (laughs) If only we had a magical device that could give us the answers (laughs) to everything we wanted to know. Spats are a shortening of spatter dashes or spatter guards that are a type of classic footwear accessory covering up the instep and the ankles. Yeah, they're little, uh, they're shoe covers.
3: Oh, okay. So it's like your shoes don't get dirty. Right. Okay.
2: But your spats get dirty. Are there spat covers?
3: No, because the spats are... It's like when people get really fancy sneakers and then they put plastic bags over them. Yeah. I'm like... They're spats.
2: But nobody can see see your sneaker. So it's like... All right. Spatterdashes.
3: Spats, yes. Apparently, the duel uh, was said to be about a disputed inheritance, but it could have been a political fight. Because Mohan was a Whig and Hamilton was a Tory. Uh Uh-oh. And Hamilton had been put in charge of negotiating a peace agreement to end the War of the Spanish Succession, but Mohan's political patron, who was the Duke of Marlborough, was against that, so there, that may have been a factor. He is, Mohan is the one who issued the challenge to the Duke of Hamilton. He's the one who was like, name your second, sir. They both died as a result of the duel. And Hamilton's second was charged with manslaughter. It was such a violent duel that Queen Anne actually came out and was like, y'all should not be dueling anymore. This is fucked up.
2: Wow. I am the godmother of your child. (laughs) That's right. And I don't want to see this dueling anymore. Boy, Hamiltons and duels. Right. They just can't. they, They love them. They just go together like ham and cheese. Spats and shoes. Spats and shoes.
3: Lord Anne himself, uh, he died at 39 years old in France in 1748. And his second wife, I guess, or or first, depending on who you ask, Anna Powell, died in August 1743.
2: Wait, 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 wait. I just caught this. Lord Anne married Anna Powell? Yeah. Anne and Anna. Anne and Anna.
3: Yeah. So anyway, Anna died in August 1743. Mm -hmm. And this English history author's blog says there is an indication that her death may have been precipitated by her consumption of gin. Mm -hmm. And it's a heavy drinker. So I was just like, damn, did Anne drive his wife to drink? (laughs) Did he suck?
2: Well, she died the year after they got married.
3: Yeah. And having two sons, apparently. They had two sons together. So she, like, very quickly... Had two kids, drank enough gin to die? Um,
2: speculation station. A little suspicious to me that this Mm. guy who's notorious for marrying wealthy women and spending their money, and the last one kicked his ass out for doing exactly that, comes in, marries another wealthy heiress, gets two kids out of her, and then she's, oh no, she died of drinking gin, I guess. Uh... I don't know. It just seems like that would spark uh, some sort of investigation.
3: Well, I me. I think you're right. I think Lord Anne is a murderer. He killed his second wife. Yeah. Anna Powell. Yeah. You heard it here first.
2: Done. Bring it on, Lord Anne.
3: He got an heir and a spare. And he, An heir and a spare is when uh, you get two sons.
2: Heir and a spare. That's what
3: they called it. An heir and a spare.
2: Wow. I'd hate to be the spare. I <laughs> know, right? If I was the spare, I would... Marry someone from another country and leave my family
3: <laughs>
2: and renounce my <laughs> renounce my heir, heir well, in the inheritance.
3: I guess the spare often had to go into the church or into the military. So that would be not great. I feel like those are not great options. Personally. The
2: only heir spare that I can think of in, in British aristocracy uh, did go into the military and then did get the hell out of that family. That's right. So...
3: He said, I'm going to get married to this American lady and dip out to L.A.
2: Good on you, Spare. <laughs> He's got a lot of titles, but I don't think you're allowed to call him that.
3: No. I think it's a pretty, it's a pretty tasteless thing to say about anyone, but that is what they used to call it, an heir wow. and a spare. And that's the story of Anne, of Egg Hamilton. <laughs> And Mary Edwards. And it just kind of shows you that a love of money can lead to a hatred of people, or at Ooh. least a mis- mistreatment of people. Yeah. Everyone involved pretty much uh, had a fucked up thing because of money. Yeah. I just think that's crazy that every single person involved was like either trying to get money, trying to keep money, trying to find money, trying to extort money. It was yep. just, she even bribed people. You know, it's just yeah. in money, it's the root of all evil.
2: Yeah. But it got shit done.
3: It did get shit done, and we have a lot of cool paintings now.
2: But all the, all even all the good stuff to come out of it was as a result of the bad it was like countering the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, it's good, but it's she still like ruined a man's historical reputation. He <laughs> brought it on himself. I, I mean, you know, he ruined I think it. She did. <laughs> yeah, but it's still, it's. I think it's just like you said, it's perpetuating the, mm-hmm. that just all this every action. Like you said, is in the name of money Mm -hmm. and was was bad treatment of someone, you know, whether or not they brought it on themselves or not. It was just there's nothing but (laughs) there's nothing but, you know, pretty mean things being done throughout this whole story because of money.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I think it's pretty funny because you know if she had not repudiated the marriage, mm-hmm. we probably wouldn't know anything about either of them That's today. True. That's true because he just would have done whatever he wanted, Same and old story. she would have in the fullness of time died yep. maybe with money or without it, but yep. it would have been a normal whatever just another person. so it's kind of cool that like we even have this insight into what it was like to be a wealthy woman trying to like have any agency any any authority over your own cash, you know, during that time.
2: Mm-hmm. Can I do my least favorite seg- segment and dive into a devil's advocate?
3: Oh, God. Well, uh,
2: yes, on, on a personal level for each of their lives, that would have been bad. But he's out there spending her money, right? Which means he's circulating it <laughs> into the working class. So had he had they stayed together and he spent all their money, whatever sort of dynasty her family had might have been dissolved into the into the the people's hands. As opposed to being retained by more nobility, from time and time again,
3: probably I, not. It
2: probably would have just gone into other rich people's pockets because that's I what was money about does. To say, it
3: depends on what he was spending it on. Right. Because if he's buying stuff, then yeah, there's some like wealthy merchants that got wealthier. Right. If he's buying, if he's gambling, then he's gambling with rich people. Right. Right. And right, he's right, right, just they're just exchanging fortunes all day right. long.
2: But you know, because I'm like because I'm thinking butterfly effecty. If mm-hmm. they, what would be different today? if they had stayed together if she hadn't scrubbed their marriage if he had spent all their money you know what kind of line could you draw from then to now uh where that money was things might be better or worse they might be we might still be under monarchy england uh today <laughs> Who knows? had this not happened uh, you know you, you step on a butterfly and it rains in That's... japan whatever you say <laughs> <laughs>
3: I think it's a butterfly flaps his wings and there's a hurricane in Japan. Yeah, you At least there's way. a the Look, correlation there with wind. If you fuck I don't with the butterfly, on a things butterfly. are different. <laughs> yeah. That's the point. The main thing is butterflies are in charge of time.
2: If you go back in time and you step on a butterfly, you come back today and, uh, you know, uh, we're all uh, living in a utopian paradise where everyone has everything they need. Wow. Just,
3: just stepping on a butterfly.
2: Let's get them. <laughs> I love butterflies. Don't I know. fuck with I was the like, butterflies. I like
3: butterflies. I don't want you to kill a bunch of butterflies. But if you
2: just, I mean, you know, the classic ethical conundrum if you got to kill one butterfly, but everyone in the world is happier, would you do it? And well, the yeah, they is only yes. live like three days. It's <laughs> <answer is> yes. <laughs> not
3: that hard. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so if you ever get a time machine, time to go fuck with some butterflies.
3: Step on one, just see what happens. Yeah. That's the only thing you do. Then you come back to your normal time and just see if anything's different.
2: One butterfly at a time. Where's that movie? Uh, Here's the other problem, though. It's fucking hard to step on a butterfly. True. That's so true. They don't stay in one place for very long. And they they also don't get too low to the ground very often.
3: Mm -hmm. You'd have to, like, crush it in your hand, which is much... Oh, I'm not going to do that. I don't care if that would save the world. Yeah. Ugh. That'd be really hard to do.
2: Ah, No, thank you. Sorry, world.
3: (sighs) Just going to be miserable.
2: Butterflies win this round. Thank you all for tuning in <laughs> to this conversation.
3: <laughs> if you would kill a butterfly.
2: Yeah, to or save wouldn't, the world.
3: Or whatever, or you have any thoughts on this episode, you can always reach out to us. That's We're right. at romance at iheartmedia.com.
2: Or you can follow us on the social medias. We'd love to hear from you there. I'm at oh great, it's Eli.
3: And I'm at Diana Boom.
2: Please do reach out to us. Uh, mm-hmm. We'd love to hear back from you guys, get some feedback. The show's still in its early days. We want to yeah. know how you feel about it, what you think of these stories, or if you've got any suggestions for stories in the future, we'll take them.
3: Yeah, and thank you so much for all the nice things we have heard so far. We've been really happily following along with people just listening to the previous episodes, and it's been really cool. So yeah. thank you for joining us today. It's awesome. Thanks We so love much you. Today.
2: We love love you. you. That was for Caroline. That was for Caroline.
3: (laughs) She wanted it back.
2: All right. Bye, everybody.
3: Bye. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and dads to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance.
1: Right Rug Flooring.
4: work.